Good morning. Good morning. Java Delight will uplift you. Stay tuned. The show is about to begin. Grab your coffee. Stay tuned. This show is about to begin. Morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Brandon Croucher, CEO of Delight Cafe. It is Friday. How's everybody doing out there today? Thank you for tuning in and having a wonderful Friday with us. I am blessed to be able to sit, stand, be next to, however you want to phrase it, the Queen of South Africa. In case you haven't seen, she takes the crown off just for us, Miss Ilsa. Good morning. How are you guys doing? How was your morning? I am doing well. And I am doing, I'm just like running around. I got like messages and calls and people trying to connect. And like Jessica Dugas is like right here telling me how much she loves me and how I, like, I'm like, I love you too, Jess. And I see your daughter's popping her head and saying, yo, what's up, fam? How you doing, everybody? And then we have Terry. Oh, Terry Wade, good to see you, sir. We know you're going to be coming on very shortly. Excited to have you here this morning. Uh, it's going to be a part. You're going to be a part of our show. We're going to be learning about motivation. We're going to be learning about how, like, we're just going to be learning from you today because Terry has a wealth of knowledge. He's a motivational speaker. He's a mentor, a certified training developer, and a leadership expert with over 25 years of knowledge and experience. So guys, don't go anywhere. He'll be on in a little bit. And I am honored you're going to be here with us today, Mr. Terry. Thank you for coming. Uh, Terry Wade, looking forward to, to your segment this morning. So guys, how is everybody doing? What's everybody been up to? Elsa, it's Friday. You had a very busy morning this, today so far. Tell us what's going on in your world. I had my farewell at work today. So yesterday when I sent them a message and said, I don't want to come there because I'm not happy when I'm there. They said, okay, but they're organizing a farewell. And I was actually so taken back because I didn't think that they were going to do anything. I mean, I didn't expect anything from them. So when I got to the office, they said they're going to have it at 12 o'clock. So I got to the office at about 10 to 12. And they made me that. And when I walked in, they said, welcome to your not a surprise party. <laughs> it was like, oops. So I kind of spoiled it with my brat ass. <laughs> not wanting to go to work. <laughs> do we have Do we have to change your name from Elsa to brat? Like, like Brit Brat is? Like, is that what we're supposed I to do here now? Uh-oh. I walked, in, I, I walked in and I got the most beautiful gifts, but this is not from people out of their personal capacity. So they bought me the most beautiful gifts and things I'd like. I mean, look there. I've got candles. Oh, what's the smell? What's the smell? 
It smells like rose or something. It doesn't say anything on it. It looks like it matches awesome. your shirt perfectly. It does. Right? They know I like pink. Well, I, 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 used, I used to hate pink. And then I got hand wash that smells nice. Ooh. And a necklace. I saw the necklace. Don't hide it. And I got a necklace, a little cross. It's got like black little thingies in and it's shiny. So anything shiny goes. Oh, <laughs> I love it. And then picture frames, but this is my favorite. It says, be happy. I have to show you this. This is so cute. Show me. Show me. I'm excited. So this, is, this is for my new house. And then they gave me a... a, a, a... Be happy. Oh, I love that. Thank I really that. do. That is cute. So is a button. my new house. So all these do things you... are going to look so beautiful in my new place that I'm moving in. And do then... My boss said, sorry for interrupting. My boss said, I have an envelope full of cash here, but not everybody has given what they want to give. So you can't have it now. There's a lot of people that still want to put money in for you. Um, so we'll give it to you on Monday afternoon. And I was so, so surprised. And they gave me a, a, a thousand rand voucher for a mall that I can buy anything at any shop for the mall, which is a lot of money in South Africa. A thousand rand is a lot of money. So, that so is I've amazing. Ilsa, what a way to know you were respected, loved, and appreciated by your company. Like, I'm happy you're moving into new territories and doing the new things for you. I'm, I really am. On top of that, I'm glad that they saw your value and that they're going to miss you. What a great way to start. What a great way to start a Friday. Like for real, I, I don't have anything cool like that. You know what I did? I went, to go, <laughs> I went to go spoil myself and I went, I'm like, I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to feel like a rich person and I am going to go get a coffee. So I got myself a medium iced apple crisp with almond milk. Here's the thing. Oh, that's, Sounds so nice. So nice. Sounds refreshing on a hot day. It's too hot. Yeah, it and sounds well. it, It's not. There's a lot of sugar in there, I'm sure, because I can taste it. Like, my teeth are like... <laughs> but, like, I'm literally... I, I order it. I don't even read the price thing. I'm like, I have $5 on me. Like, that's all I had to do. Like, I listed... This literally pulled around, and they go $5.95. I go, $6! Six dollars for a drink? Do you know how many rent that would be? Like, <laughs> the guy behind the counter, he has like a rainbow hair. Oh, he has more hair on the top of his head than I've ever had in my life. And he's like, it's all dyed different colors. And I'm like, dude. And he goes, he goes, you're going to like it, though. I had to like dig through my change purse, which is, by the way, my change purse is the most passive aggressive change thing ever. It, do you know the TV show Rugrats, the cartoon? Yes. It's a bright pink Rugrats. Like, uh, like, for real, it stands out and I take it to pool halls. And that's how I mark where I am on my pool where, when I go to play pool. And people are like, who's is this? I'm like, it's mine. And they're like, oh, come, come play us. Why pink? Why Rugrats? I'm like, because I was trying to be fun. Like, you know. I'll be honest. I recommend everybody tries the drink. But do yourself a favor. Go in with a friend because it's not worth $6. Uh, this is a... <laughs> 
six dollars. Let me quickly work out. Uh, luckily, I've got my calculator. Six times fifteen. That's about a hundred bucks. Hundred rand. Hundred rand. And then that's not without a tip. I always give them a dollar tip because I've ran a Starbucks. I know how hard they're working. I know how annoying customer service is. Like people <laughs> are. customers that don't have enough money for their drinks. Right? Like me. I'm pulling through the drive-thru. I'm like, crap, I can't even tip this guy now. And like, I'm trying to be, like, put a smile on. If that doesn't have bourbon in it, it's not worth $6. I love that. Great. Like, I'm with Bob on this one. If it doesn't have that, I caution, I caution shenanigans. Uh, Mike Herzog, we're going to have to video tonight because him and I are going to go get into shenanigans tonight. Being a Friday, him and I get in trouble when him and I get alone. And his wife's hanging out with somebody else tonight, so him and I are just going to go full Boys night. I'm going to have to bring the pink, pink purse. I'm going to have to bring out the pink pur pur purse just to go, what like, trouble, go around. What, what trouble have you guys gotten into before? I can't say legally on air. Like, like oh, I can't talk to you about that. Well, no, yes, but, like, <laughs> it's not that bad. Him and I, get, it, we don't do anything stupid. We're both too old to get in any real trouble anymore. <laughs> but yeah. we, we like to... It, I, right. Like you hit an age where you're like, I don't want to deal with the police and then the paperwork and then worry about all, going to court. Like we are staying out late, though. I mean, 1045 on a Friday is just going to max us out. I think it's one of the bodies <laughs> <laughs> like, supposed to start. Yeah, for bodies. people who are in the right age, I fight small children at skate parks. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part about that is we literally go to skate parks with RC cars, like those fast ones that go 100 miles an hour, <laughs> and he takes them off the jumps that the skaters are doing. They move out of his way, and they're like, do it again. Make the car do a flip. He's like, all right, I got you. It's like, it's fun. Like, it's a lot of fun. So it's a good time. Uh, we're 10 minutes in and we haven't even said hi to anybody yet. I'm going to go to the top of this. You ready to jump on this with me? All right. Number one, you get it first. Ready? Say, everybody, if you haven't said hello yet, give us a hello. Where hello. you're from and what is your favorite thing you're going to do this weekend? Whether it's stripping, whether it's pole dancing, whether it's literally going to the beach and being with your kids. I don't care what you're doing tonight, this weekend. Tell us what you're up to, and I look forward to it. Ready? First one. Here it comes. Hi, Terry. We see you a little bit later. And yes. you, know, you said that yesterday. He was the early bird. You said excited he, to talk to you tomorrow. He you didn't there. just do that. He shared it on his YouTube channel so all of his subscribers can see it. So Terry is – he's already got the ancient hero for me. Like, he's uh, he's got the H. He's working on the hero. So, hero, <laughs> hero, and then we have Sherry McQueen. Good morning, you beautiful soul. Ready? Your turn, Elsa. Oh, Mr. Stewart. Good morning, Sherry. Morning, Stewart. <laughs> it wasn't for me, it was for Sherry. <laughs> uh, Stewart's good morning went to everybody. Here, here, I'll redo it. There you go. Try that one. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Stuart. Ready? All right, this is a big one. We're both going to do this one together. Ready? Okay. Morning, Friday, Tracy! Oh, 
Ready? Next one. Here we go. Big one. We all our hearts. Everybody, get ready to yell at the same time. I don't care if family's around. <gasps> the Dugas in! Breakthrough! Breakthrough! Jessica! Jessica! She she literally put Brett Gordon in his place last night. What an epic battle did we have on one score at a time. Brett Gordon, Jessica Dugas, head-to-head, picking what movie of Peach Dragon was better. Whew, that one went down to the final round. So we gave the audience the win because the audience participated for the whole show and oh, wow. had fun picking on Brett. Like, everybody picked on Brett the whole show, and I felt <laughs> bad for him. And he just kept taking it, and he really brought some amazing points. So I have to be honest, Brett came out swinging, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I wore a Ninja Turtles onesie because I couldn't find a dragon onesie fast enough online. So, you know, it happens. But <laughs> next, next one, ready for this? Oh, wait, everybody's having a conversation. Here's the next one. Boom. Good morning, Donnell. It is a happy no. Friday. Friday is happy. Read the whole name because I, I have to finish it. Donnell Jackson. Woo, I am for real. Never make you make your cry. I'm not gonna <laughs> sing the right words now. Ready? Bob Seymour, thank you for tuning in, my friend. We have Bob coming up in the next 15 minutes. I swear to Javis that literally every time Bob comes on, that is what gets my parents to watch. I could be talking about the cure for cancer with a guest. And my mom would be like, is Bob going to be there? And I'd be like, uh, <laughs> in the audience. And she's like, oh, I'll, I'll just watch it later if I need to. I'm like, mom, like for real? Mom, Bob has won the love of my family. Donald Jackson's here. We have Bob Seymour. Jaybird. Jaybird. Boom. Jaybird. Brandon and Ilza. Brandon, you have to do something cool. You hosted the most epic battle last night. I did. I did. What did we do? I I watched Jessica Dugas like comes in and she's like, Brett Gordon, you're wrong. Like right off the bat. And I'm like, oh. Then Brett turns around and he talks about slavery. He turns around and talks, well, yeah, he took paired Peach Dragon to slavery. I was like, oh. And then he actually was able to back it up from the 1977 version. <laughs> and I'm sitting here watching it going, I have to like figure out how I'm going to control this before this gets like, really <laughs> out of hand. Oh my God. Uh, uh, you know what, Terry, I might just have to send you one of these. I'm just going to have to make it and get it out to you and all that. But I would normally offer you a coffee or a pack of delight CBD. Either way, we're going to make sure we get you something to help you have a great way with, with the weekend and all that. Uh, Sherry McQueen says she wants to have a vanilla frappuccino now. Cappuccino. I'm going to have one with her one day. I'm going to have one of those with her one day. Soon. Just, Jessica's over here just bragging a little bit. She's over here like, hey, guess what? I have my Starbucks card. I'm going to turn around and whoop, get a free one of those apple crisp little thingy majiggies you got over there, Brandon. You know what? Love you, Jess. Save it till I come down there because you're going to be jealous at the fact that you spend so much money on this. You're going <laughs> to want to hear it. Uh, I call shenanigans. Oh, here, ready? This is yours to say hi. Uh, hello, Mike. He's, he's going to... I call uh, shenanigans. I call he, that's like, we don't have to call shenanigans. They always yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, packing gets. 
going to Warren. What? Warren is not far from him, and it's uh, me and him going down and packing gats is a literally like it's it's a joke about like we're gonna go be like tough guys tonight and all that. Oh. And Je Jessica is claiming she won. We agreed the audience won, and I won second place. The audience won. And then Brett comes out of out of the com comments. He's like, "Wait a minute, I won." Oh, yeah. oh, we have so much coming up today. It's gonna be most awkward. Hello today. Yes. Hi guys. Um, <laughs> so, can we talk about how I sent the the? <laughs> okay, I do have a funny story. So we're trying to get the audience to come in, say hi, do all the other stuff that we always do, right? Jessica's like, we're going to get people to watch and have our audience get involved. But before the show, Jessica and I were going through about theme songs. <laughs> you got to say hi. You can't just sneak back there now. You, everybody sees that there's a beautiful young woman on screen. We have to say hello to her. Hi. Hi. <laughs> She is adorable. So She's gonna check Jess mouth. Jessica turns around and mm -hmm. says, she goes, Hey, I am I'm gonna send the text out to my community so everybody watches. But before that, her and I were talking about mashups of musics. And she goes, Hey, have you heard the Ninja Turtle one? And I say, No. So she copies it, sends it to me, and then without knowing she met she did this, she sends it to her entire community. <laughs> Instead of sending the link for the show. So everybody got to watch the best uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles intro ever. And like, yeah, it was pretty freaking good. Wait, but I wasn't in the contest last night on, on the show, but I won a belly button contest once. Okay, we are going to start with that as our first question. <laughs> for I want to know what is a belly button contest. The worst part is he's standing up in the background, Elsa, and I think he's trying to show us his belly button on air right now. Like, if I was to bring him in, I think he would actually have his belly button on air. So, Elsa, what do you have on tap for this weekend? Because Stuart Lone Wolf says that this is his Tuesday. He doesn't get he doesn't usually get off Fridays. So we want to make sure we keep giving him that energy to get through the weekend, feel the positivity, and know that we're grateful all of you are here. And Bob just showed me his belly button while I'm talking. <laughs> Woo! Brandon, who cuts your hair? I do. I don't have any hair. This is trimmed. And uneven right now because I can see it in the camera. I'm very disappointed in that. And then this is shaved every shower I take. So once a month. <laughs> you only take a shower once a month? No, I take more than that. I, I, <laughs> I don't like feeling icky. And when it's like oh, humid and I, I sweat eating ice cream in the middle of the winter. Okay. So for me, being this nasty, humid, bleh, like my skin just feels like it's like like sweating all the time. I, I, I just feel gross, wet. It's ugh. So I take like two showers a day right now. Like, I know that's a lot for everybody. I'm sorry. But like, for real, it takes, it, oh, bleh. it takes up so much. It, it, I hate feeling dirty. I hate feeling icky like that. So Elsa, what is on your tap for this weekend? Are you, are you taking the kids anywhere? Are you looking at the new place you're moving? Talk to us. What's going on? I'm getting my car washed, sorting out my cupboards, taking out what I don't want to take with the new place. I'm going to use my voucher because I'm going to buy new bedding. 
New bedding? What kind of? Well, your winter's coming to an end, right? Yes, yes. So I'll probably just buy thin quilts or whatever just to throw on because I don't really have bedding because I sold all my stuff. Yeah, so just get that and then clean my work computer because I have to go and give that and my work phone in on Monday. Um, Because uh, I've got a personal phone and a, and a work phone. Because I switch off my work on a Friday. <laughs> I, I, I have a question about that. You said you need to clean your work computer. What do you have on your work computer that you, you should be worried about? <laughs> Ah, she, <laughs> like out of nowhere, she's like, I'm going to get this joke in there. Born. It's born. I got born on my computer. Second time today, because my boss was sitting, somebody bought a 140 mil plate and it cracked. So they've got the people there that, that to taste it. And he's sitting in the kitchen because there's too many people. So they've got a table in the kitchen sitting in the kitchen and i walk in and this guy is sitting there that needs to test the plate and i'm like okay ivan i'm gonna go now um i'll bring you the computer i'm gonna clean it and this guy also says what's on your computer and i turn around me <laughs> and my boss almost falls off his chair. he probably looked at you like uh wipe that computer with lysol and clean it out just like you know what keep the computer like, and then he's like, wait a minute, midget porn. Maybe I do want that. Come on back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Seymour's here asking questions about my two hairs. Did you cut both of your hairs yourself? Uh, yes. <laughs> it doesn't take me long. Uh, but I will let you have that. Uh, my dog won ugliest dog contest once. And you. <laughs> so, Elsa, before Bob gets here. What was the most random contest you've ever won? Because we're going to start. She she is fine. I love her in the background. She The thing is, she needs to jump on the bed spinning the hula hoop if she's going to try to distract us. She's got to entertain me. Tell her. And, can she hear me? Yes. I see. Does she know? She's like, I got you, Brandon. You love everything, so what is the most random contest you have ever won, Ilsa? I, I, I won a contest from Sherry yesterday for, for inviting people to a group. I'm so excited. Uh, but before that, uh, I, won a, I won a contest. Uh, we were at a, a, a um, holiday resort. And you know these people that, that's got these puppets? Uh, is it a ventriloquist? Mm -hmm. So there was one, but it's like one of these first ones. They look like that puppet in Saw, <laughs> almost. They've got the same mouth, so they scare me. So we were at this holiday resort over December and because it's summer, and they had this contest that um, they choose you out of the, out of the what's his name, and then you have to stand next to this guy um, while he speaks with his doll. And then this doll wanted to hold my hand, and I burst out crying, and I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to be here. I don't like the doll. Oh. <laughs> he take me off stage. I was like, I don't want to see that. So Bob is going to tell us about him winning a belly button competition. I don't know whether that means he's an innie or an outie, but we're going to find out. <laughs> and I, my concern is, 
What, like, how do you judge that? Oh, you're an innie. What do they do? Have a random judge with like a finger that goes whoop, right into the belly button. All right, you're knuckle deep. You're a little more than a knuckle deep. Like, do they have a ruler that goes in there? Or if it's in, it's an Audi, how do you measure an Audi? Like, oh, here's a ruler right next to that. Two, uh, I won two open bar sunset uh, cruises in Aruba two years ago. They poured me off the boat. <laughs> Bob is just coming in with like these like, quick one-liners. Oh, Brian Tracy, this is amazing. He says he had a shooting contest. So I actually, it's right, oh, it's a little far for me right now. I'd have to like, it'd take me a minute to get it. Uh, I actually won a shooting contest at 16. Um, I wow. beat a whole bunch. I, I used to shoot a lot. My grandpa was a range expert and he would, I would actually like make the shells with him in the basement and like load everything. I would clean the guns with him as a young kid. And he taught me the proper way of why you take care of your guns. So I was shooting for years at that point. And at 16, my uncle who nobody liked in the family and he's not a part of the family anymore. He was married in, uh, he signed up for a competition and my grandpa passive aggressively signed me up for the exact same once. And he's like, I bet he beats you. And I'm like, like I beat him. And I'm like, okay, like this is going to be interesting. I'm like, right. Like, I'm like, this is going to be fun. I didn't just beat him. I made it to the finals. And like when I'm in the finals, he wasn't even in there. And I was blowing up like clay bird, pigeons, clay birds and all that. And just, I didn't miss like something just got in me and I started wow. shooting like crazy. I, I love to shoot. I love to shoot. It's just been my thing. I'm sorry. I need to go back a step right before we bring Bob Seymour in here. We need to talk about this. I won the national vehicle technician of the year in 2012. That is awesome. Wow. Stuart Lone Wolf. That is awesome. I am very proud of you, my fan, my friend. Like, hell yeah is correct. Like, that is freaking cool. Um, Jaybird says that apparently you have, your computer is clean jungle weekends. Computer Evidence clean off. jungle weekends. Evidence off. And then Stuart Wild says, like, like, just like everyone else's computer. That's funny. That's funny. So that is really cool. So. I have been a part of some weird ones. Mike winning this is, or being a part of this kind of cracks me up. Do you know who Goulardi is? Mm -mm. I didn't think so. Goulardi is not a popular name, but Goulardi is a local celebrity here in, in Cleveland. And he had a show in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And it was a comedy, but it was a weird kind of comedy. It was like, oh, and like horror and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, hilarious this guy was huge in the city he couldn't go anywhere he was a comic that everybody knew so for mike to look like him i like i can't even pull up a picture because our audience wouldn't be able to do it i'm probably gonna have to make it the cover of this like at this uh album at the end of it this episode so just so people know who gulardi is and why him looking like him is kind of like oh so you look like the homeless guy on the side of the street got it glad you won that Oh, Everybody needs to win something. I agree. So, Elsa, before we get started, who is this little angel running all around you? That is my little Nuna. She's my carbon copy. I, when, when, when God decided I have to have a third child, 
he like said, I'm not even going to waste my time. I'm going to make another one of this because her attitude, the way she looks, her eyes, the way she talks, she's like exactly like me. <laughs> exactly. Her dad said to me one day, he says, I don't know how you want me to move on if I have to look at her that looks exactly like you. <laughs> I'm like, Whose personality? Mine. Oh, really? Yeah, my mother-in-law hates me, so <laughs> it's just my my presence of giving them something that they love that look like me. It's like you have no choice. My mother-in-law hates me. Isn't that a custom? Mother-in-laws like but a mini Elsa. I love it. <laughs> and then I love Brian Tracy entered a marksmanship contest that included a, shooting up a Red 09mm, an M16, an M60 machine gun, and a 50 caliber machine gun. He won all four events. Brian Tracy, hell yeah, my He's friend. on well our done. team if we have to start a war. Well, if there's an apocalypse, uh, we're all meeting at Brian Tracy's house. I hope you got the address and the email. And we're all going to meet there. Load up with Brett Gordon, Bob Seymour, and Brian Tracy, and we're going to take off. And we're going to be ready. We're, we're going to be in the back of Brian's truck. And we're going to be, like, ready. Like, Bob's going to be on the motorcycle. He's going to be, like, like, so just so you know, I hate to tell you this, but this is how it's going to go from here on out. Like, when we, when we go places, this is the song everybody has to listen to. I hope you're ready. to see how are you bob all right first question out the box first question tell me about this belly button competition i have to know how i enter i have a pretty deep belly button it had nothing to do with the size or innies or outies or anything i had a really good looking gut when i was a young man i stood it there were like i don't know i think there were 25 contestants i was the only guy at the thing Everybody, all the contestants got free drinks for the night. And at the end of the month, uh, whoever won the contest got free drinks for another month. And they just had a, a little, uh, you had to come in through this back door. And then you walked up, stepped on this little platform, put your belly up against the, the little wall. And everybody in the bar was looking at the, the little wall. And they opened this little door and there's a belly button there. So all the, I was the only guy I won. I love that. I, I, that is, I was the, I was the only guy with a belly button there. <laughs> like hey, that. Bourbon for a night and then free bourbon for the month. What the hell? Uh, oh I'll show, <laughs> show your belly button. It, like for real, Brett, it's hard to hit small targets when the weapon is so massive you can't post it. And the reason he says that is because Brett Gordon's comment up here that I, I clicked on. Uh, oh, wait, he hits his targets but misses the toilet just like every other man. Okay, we all miss it. That's why, like, that's why you wear socks is so you can clean up around it really quick. 
there's, there's other pretty cool bathroom trips or tricks to learn too. You know, if you don't rinse the sink out when you're uh, done brushing your teeth and you just leave those little foam things of toothpaste, they make incredible little breath mints, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, Bob Seymour, I don't know if there's a person alive who cannot like you, but yet you say up here that your in-laws didn't like you, didn't like you either. Why? How could somebody not like Bob Seymour? I stole the baby of the family, man. First off, why are why and why are we stealing babies? That's the first question I have to ask. He was pretty damn cute, man. Oh, this is the life. Oh, my bad. I thought you just walked into the family, saw a baby, took it, and left. I'm like, oh my god, Bob. No, you know, not that way. So you you stole the baby. Yeah. So my wife was the my wife was the baby of the family, man, and. I was this uh, freaking hippie that kind of, they were like uber Baptists, not the kids, the, the parents. And I wasn't. <laughs> I was this thing that crawled out from under a bridge and got into their daughter's life, man. In fact, one time, uh, actually, my wife uh, hitchhiked all the way from New York to California because I took off. I said, look, you can either go with me or not, but I'm going to California. And she wanted to go, but didn't want to go. So I took off. And then like nine days later, she hitchhiked out there. And, uh, well, uh, we went back to get our It just was not a good scene. Her dad, when we got back to go get her clothes and stuff, she was going out the front door. And I was carrying a bag out the back door. And her dad stepped in front of the door and uh, with his checkbook in his hand. And he said, how much would it cost? For you to get out of my daughter's life and never see her again. I wish I knew now what I knew then because I would have looked him in the eye and said, well, if you give me about five grand, you'll never see me again. I would have took the check and the old lady and split, man. But uh, so I, I had to be the chivalry, yeah, chivalry, you know. Oh, you couldn't pay me enough. I love your daughter. And I, I wish I had known now what I knew then, man. No, they didn't like me and they still don't, man. <laughs> But we don't like them either. So the right, love-hate relationship between me and my mother-in-law, no, we don't sit around the same fire because no. I'm a little firecracker when people oh, yeah. screw with me. Well, I, I had my mother-in-law. <laughs> I don't care who you are, mother-in-law mother or not. I, I, my, right. We had this, she got like 30, 40 grandkids all of We've got the big Easter thing going on one Sunday. And uh, I was standing there, the table's all set, and they're getting ready to call people in to uh, sit down to eat. And my mother-in-law was standing next to me. She says, so what do you think? And she's uber Baptist. And I said, well, you know, it's kind of weird. you know." And she said, what's kind of weird? And I said, well, there's probably, I don't know how many hundred million Christians around the world celebrating the birth of, or the resurrection of a Jewish Messiah with a ham dinner. Is, you know. <laughs> she's right she's a hundred percent right there's a like never there's a never had never had ham again man. she punched me she punched me right in the ribs we ate it but never had another turkey dinner or uh ham dinner for easter or for christmas man it was turkey or beef or venison or something but yeah you know nice. it's just kind of one of those weird things in my mind you know why would you celebrate the resurrection 
of a Jewish Messiah with a ham dinner. I mean, it's just like, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> so, Bob, where are you now? Because it looks like you're in a prison setting. And while I believe you would go do prison ministry, I, I would like to know what you did to be locked up like this. Because uh, I, I have a feeling I need to go talk to a warden. <laughs> no, I'm, sitting, I'm right. sitting here with my rocket scientist brother. He's he's over there doing there. He is. <laughs> but now I'm just sitting on, in the gazebo, looking at the mountain. First time actually in the last couple of days. First time I've been able to see the mountain since I've been out here. The smoke. Show us. I'll try and see if we. Can. I don't know how I can, if I can zoom it in or not. But I don't know. Can you see that? Oh, you could see it right over the trees. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Your uh, rocket, it's, your it's rocket cool. science fr scientist friend. I have a question. Has he been to the International Space Station yet? Ask him yourself. No. Have you been? No. Why not? Well, I actually was in Huntsville and did space camp. Got to get in the suit and the water and all the equipment. But no, I was actually down there when the Challenger blew up. So, I'm a, well, yeah. I, I, so I assume that means you'd never go to space. Well, I would now. My kids. Okay. Yeah. My kids. My kids are grown. I can go. <laughs> would, would you get away from them? Right. <laughs> would you prefer the moon or Mars? I want to go to the sun. Well, I'm not that young, so I'm gonna have to pick the moon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, that's fine. So no, I, um, I wouldn't take any of those. I would do some some space station independent of any planet. Really? Oh, yeah. It, it, why is that? I have to ask. I'm not a rocket scientist, so I have like so many questions for you. There's just not enough minerals on the planets to make them worth anything. To where, if you can find water, then that makes everything different. But short of finding water, you might as well be floating in space and being able to move. True, true. And did you, you don't have all your eggs in one basket. If something happens on that planet, the other stations are fine. Interesting. I think that's a good one. What do you build on the space station? I have to ask. Well, I can't talk about what I do, but uh, <laughs> I mean, ask yourself about the space station. I'll tell you about it. <laughs> How much gas do they need to fill up a rocket ship to get to the space station? It's a lot, uh, but fuels have come a long way. And water's the number one heavy lift that you have to have. Really? Oh, water's awful. It's heavy. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we have, to, we have to purify and recycle it. We use it all the time. I mean, it's just, it's a commodity, high-end commodity. Wait. Interesting. Interesting. Well, then I don't want to ask any more questions because I don't want the government showing up behind you while we're on air and taking you away. So, but it is a pleasure. And thanks for being one of Bob's friends. That means you're really effing cool. And thank you. I really yeah, mean it. Yeah. Yeah. Bob's been uh, helping us a lot over the last four or five years. A lot of people don't know what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of people that are really hurt. And most of the time you can't talk about it because it's just, yeah. you know, this stuff's public. And people don't want to have their stuff out there so bob does a lot of things that you guys don't know about i bob does and that's why i i and and some he, of those are the best <laughs> exactly exactly uh i i i 100 agree because bob doesn't do it for the publicity he doesn't do it for people to like 
give him likes or anything like that. Bob does it because it's what's supposed to be done. It's what's on his heart to be done. And I'm honored to call Bob a friend. And because you're his friend, I look forward to hitting the space station with you one day. <laughs> Bob, I have a question. Are you going to try to make it to the Dugas uh uh, mu a musical evening of giving. Yesterday, we sold three of our five ticket goal. Three of the five. That means we're two tickets short of our goal. The winner wins to get their name in a drawing and a box of delight. So two tickets. Go click the links. Make sure you get in there. I've got to go get the link. Um, but make sure you're sharing that, guys, because if we could get two more tickets sold before the end of today, we will make sure to get everybody's name on that list and share it and getting it out there. Bob, you better be there. Where, I heard where is it and when is it? It is in October. It is in December. It is a musical evening of giving and 100% of all proceeds. Everything that's going to be raised is going towards charities and everything for that. Um, Jessica, can you do me a favor and text me the link that you want me to share so I don't share the wrong one? And then I will put that in the comments for everybody so that way we make sure we have it and I have the right date and time. Now, Bob, I come back to you, sir. I have to ask a very heavy question. I hope you're ready for this. I do. No, I'm, not, I'm actually going to go serious for a second. Right. December 4th online event is the is the online giving one, is uh, the night of giving. And so, Bob, you're a vet. And recently we've dealt with some very serious things in the last few days. Yeah. How should people be responding and showing respect to the fallen that have happened because yesterday had the highest death total in the war and we just left this effing country. How do you feel about everything going on and what can we do to show support to our veterans? I'm, uh, man, I'm, I can't even hardly put it into words. I'm ashamed. I'm disgusted. I'm, uh, I'm angry. I'm, uh, I'm just beside myself to, to think that America just surrendered to the people responsible for 9-11 and letting them dictate to us how we, I, I am appalled at what just happened. I'm, I mean, hang your, for the men that serve, those brothers are heroes, man, and they were betrayed by their governor. And uh, I lost 12 Marine brothers yesterday at a Navy corner because of incompetence and uh, I'm just just sickened by where our country is at. To show respect for these guys, man, put your flag at half-mast. Write a letter to your uh, representatives, make phone calls, get involved. We are in this problem we are in today, in my opinion, for two reasons. One, the church has been silent. The pulpits in America have bought into the lie, you know, you don't mix politics and religion. Well, when you don't mix politics and religion, you get what we have today. And, and we need to hold these people accountable, man. I mean, I, I'm just, I can't, I, I can't tell you how, how disgusted and angry I am. And I have an awful lot of veterans and friends that feel the same way. They feel totally betrayed. I mean, all of the blood that has been shed mm -hmm. to defeat communism, fascism, socialism, and now we're trying to to transform America into a socialist hellhole. And 
my dad wore the uniform of his country to defend it from uh, in the South Pacific. I had uncles that were involved in uh, in the South Pacific and in Germany and in France that, that fought against this stuff. They, they signed a blank check with their name in the, in the mount. I did the same thing. My brother did too to stop this stuff. And, and now we're I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I am appalled. I think the best thing we can all do is get on our knees and pray and ask God to intervene. Uh, when we uh, walked away from our Christian values, which is what kept America this, the greatest nation in the world for 220 some years. And then all of a sudden, you know, we start abandoning God. You know, and the scripture is very clear. It says, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the less we allow the spirit of the Lord in our nation, the less liberty we have. We need to get back to our roots. The Constitution is the supreme law of this land. And we need to return to our foundation. So we're screwed, man. I mean, my, I got a little granddaughter, five years old. I don't even know how much she, I know before we just spent the last few trillion dollars, her, her debt. Was two hundred thousand dollars, and she barely got done making yellow stains in her diaper. Man, we're watching yeah. generational theft. We're watching the destruction of the greatest nation on earth, man. And I, I, I don't, I don't know what else to say, man. I, I'm just, I'm ashamed. I'm appalled. I'm angry. I, I don't know what happened. How we let this happen in our country, man? Like, uh, I, I want to ask a oh. Brian Tracy, you effing man of heaven. I love you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, actually, Bob, I wanted to tag on this for a second. Uh, Robert says, Bob, you said it. Like, thank you, Robert, for joining <laughs> in. Um, I think some tickets were just purchased, Jessica. Check it out. Um, Bob, with that being said, you're a veteran that's that's done his time. He served, he's retired, everything like that. Being an individual who saw how they left it, if I had kids, I kind of wouldn't want them to go into the army, the Marines, or the military right oh, now no, because no. because you're not going to feel you're the freedom that we're given is now not thought of the same way that it was. It's not respected the same way that it no. was. And then when you turn around and you talk about freedom, how am I going to go fight to keep everybody else free? But yet I could be left there, like these twelve men that were there. Yeah. And I, I, I just like, um, boom, two more, boom, 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 love it. So, Bob, I, I, as someone who wants to, I want to phrase this in the best way I can. I want to be supportive because I'm grateful for the men and women that have served. But to have something like that happen after trillions of dollars are lost, I don't care what president is in there. There was four presidents that have been in office for this whole war. You yeah. can't just blame one. No. It's not just Biden. It's not no. just Trump. It's not just Bush. No. It's not just Obama. All of them combined created yeah. this. Yeah. And the, the problem I see is you're putting our country last now. And that means the trillions of dollars that we spent yeah. to keep others safe, we didn't yeah. put into our own people here. And now yeah. we're just printing money and making the value of our dollar worth nothing. How do like how can I inspire? How do you inspire by having the heart that you do to be going out spreading the word? How can you keep going 
when shit like this keeps happening. And I mean that as like a that's running through a lot of people's heads right now. Well, I have I have determined probably I don't even know how many decades ago I'm going to keep an eternal perspective on things, man. Uh, I, all this stuff is is temporary. I have faith in my God. I mean. America and Israel are the two most unique nations ever to exist. We're the only two nations that have ever been a covenant nation in covenant with God. And God lets us get our little asses spanked when we get out of the line. I mean, Israel went into captivity a whole bunch of times. Israel ceased to exist for a while. And in 1948, the entire world, theological world, had to change their theology because suddenly God said, no, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Israel's here, you know. I mean, so I have faith that God's not done with America yet. We might need our asses beat pretty good because we have so far strayed from him. But he ain't done with us. I mean, he's not. We have a we have a purpose. You know, every explorer that ever set foot on the shores of this continent. The first thing they did when they hit land was plant a flag in the shore and they claimed the, 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 this geographical hunk of land. They claimed it for the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every one of them, the English, the Spanish, the, the, the French, they all did that. I don't have any doubt that America was established by God. And we're in the trouble we are now because the church is supposed to have been the stewards of this country. But they've abandoned it. They just turned it over to a bunch of politicians. We're in the trouble we are because the, the, the church didn't keep the people informed. And the people are really at fault because we elect people to office and then we don't do anything else. Four years later, we vote for them again. We don't hold them accountable. They come, I mean, everybody's like, yeah, Congress needs to be cleaned out. But my guy's a good guy. Bullshit. Start looking at the guy's voting record. Don't look at what he says to you in your town meeting. See how the sucker voted. Get involved. Get in your school boards. I will, if my wife was alive today and she was running for dog catcher as a Democrat, I would not vote for her just because I don't want my name associated with promoting the Democrats' platform because it is nothing but a, a death cult. My God, abortion right up to the moment of birth. Uh, I, I mean, this is where insanity is running this country, brother. And it's we have to individually get involved. And I do that by, I'll sit in the bar and talk to people over a bourbon or something. I, I'm always trying to, to inform people. You know, the word of God says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And, man, there is a, a massive lack of knowledge in this country. Mm. We've got two generations of indoctrinated kids being taught to hate their country, being taught that we're all racist, if, we're, if we support Trump or the, we need to be put in re-education. I mean, this is, this is not something that happened overnight. It happened because the general population wasn't involved with the stewardship of their nation. We just trust weasels with agendas. It's got to end. We, the people, have got to stand up and remind Congress that the first few words of the Constitution says, Congress shall make no law. That Constitution is a restriction on them. 
but they've turned it around and they're using it against us and we've got to stop this stuff man town hall meetings letters phone calls honor these guys that just died yesterday man they they died defending our right to be involved in our government our government is supposed to be guaranteeing our liberties that were given to us by god they don't give us our liberty and they got no damn right telling us what we can and what we cannot do they work for us and they need to be reminded of that and that falls on every one of our shoulders man like i said we're the most unique nation on earth man yeah and we we have to defend this thing man we can't stay uninvolved anymore the, the, the public's <laughs> got to wake up the black robe regiment needs to be restored in america and for those that don't know who the black robe regiment were go to duck duck go because you probably won't find out on google but the black robe regiment were the first people that the british put a hit out on in the uh during the revolution at the beginning of the revolutionary war they were the men that were responsible for rallying the, the colonists against England. And they were called the Black Robe Regiment because preachers wore black robes back then. The preachers were the ones that led the colonists because they understood that America was a gift from God and it was their responsibility to steward the nation. They rallied the troops. Go read the thing about, I think the guy's name was Mueller or Muhlenberg. He was preaching a sermon from uh, Ecclesiastes. He walked back toward the door of the church at the very end, you know, the part of Ecclesiastes where there's a time for everything. He said there's a time for peace and there's a time for war. And as he said that, he ripped his robe open, his preacher's robe, and he had a, a uniform of uh, a colonial colonel on. And he said, now is the time for war. And then he led him out to the bridge at Concord. And he said, don't fire the first shot because God will not honor a war of aggression but once they shoot it's all off keep your keep your uh, powder dry and when the british fired the first shot and those men died on that bridge in concord then we went into action and those colonists drove the british out but it was only three percent of the colonists that defeated england so you know christians are the majority in this country if they get off their collective asses and do what they're supposed to do we could turn this country around. It's that simple. Now, Bob, you, you are in uh, South Dakota again? Is no, that where I'm, at? In, I'm in Longmont, Colorado. I came back from South Dakota Saturday. Monday, I'm headed to uh, Rockford, Illinois. You are headed to Rockford, so you're yeah. not far from me at all. After that, yeah, you should get uh, you should get in your on your little boat that thing and ride your ass over there and see me brother <laughs> it's my scooter just like you like to call it <laughs> hey, hey you know what uh i may be coming fairly close to you uh i think i said last week my brother one of my older brothers uh one of the only two that are left that will talk to me was diagnosed with stage three uh bladder cancer and uh this friend of mine that's i'm going to be with to do the fundraiser in rockford is going to let me borrow his pickup truck and uh uh go back and see my brother so i'm going to be going from rockford over to like uh binghamton new york area so i'll be i have to go through ohio to get there so maybe i'll stop on the way through man or on the way back or we can meet somewhere in between man. 
Absolutely. I would absolutely 100% love that, Bob. Uh, guys, Bob travels and literally lives off of donations and the giving of his heart. And so we have a Patreon for him. And I have the link at the bottom. Uh, you could be one of Bob's babes. And Bob, I'm sorry, Bob's biker babes. Jessica. Bible biker babes. Bible biker babes. You could join Bob's Bible biker babes <laughs> community and be able to get an autograph of Bob. He'll pull a piece of his beard out and sign it for you, and and we'll mail it. All right, and for everybody who donates, you get a, maybe we'll go get Bob. We'll go get cleaned up together, and they could just trim the bottom, and we'll oh, just yeah. give those to. <laughs> Bob's like, no. He's like, have you heard of a Samson, my friend? That's where my power is. Like I need it in my beard. Bob's biker babes. Uh, I'm not. I'm not only the president. I'm a client. <laughs> well done, Jessica. So, Bob, tell us before you go, because you only have like a few minutes left with us. Tell us what your plans are for the weekend and how you're going to be spreading positivity and the love that is in your heart for others. Uh, well. Me and the rocket scientist, and I hope I can get another brother. I, we got a we got a friend that's going through some stuff. But anyway, uh, we're riding to down to uh, oh, what, I forget where the hell it is, south of Denver somewhere. There's a uh, veterans run going on. There's a, a good friend of ours has been raising money and buying motorcycles and whatnot. But anyway, we're going to go do a, a charity run tomorrow for a veterans organization here, and then. Uh, when that's done, because I, I had totally forgotten about, I got myself uh, booked to be at the same place, the same, or at two different places on the same day. So I've got to go do that veterans run, and then I got to haul ass from South Denver up to uh, Greeley uh, to the couple's house that I was supposed to do the wedding for next week that got postponed. And then uh, I'll spend the night there uh, tomorrow night at their place and then come back here Sunday. I've got Natasha just about loaded up. Uh, but Sunday I'll come back, get everything loaded in a trailer and get it hooked up and pulled out front. And then Monday morning early, my friend and I from uh, Indiana, Indiana are hitting the road uh, going back east. So that's my weekend, man. <laughs> so I need you to oh, do me a favor. Oh, it's not so much fun. Yeah. I Elsa, I need you to do me a favor. Read this for Bob, and we're going to make him record this so we get to know about it next Friday. Okay? Read this out loud. So Robert, Bal is it Balsley? Balsley? Says uh, the, Sir Robert. Just call him Sir Robert of Love. Sir Robert, Sir Robert says there's a big surprise for Bob at the vet rally tomorrow. Well, they're going to let me do, uh, well, they, yeah, they're going to let me, they asked me to do uh, a bike, uh, bike blessing for them down there too, before the ride. So I always enjoy doing that. I, I got into a, like a whole chain of events. Oh my God. I did so many bike blessings in Sturgis. Every time I'd bless a bike, somebody see it and say, Hey brother, come bless mine. And then it's, Hey brother, would you, you know, so I mean, it's, <laughs> I like doing it though. So it's all good. Oh, I'm so excited. I also want to go. Well, come on over. I'm on my way. <laughs> Jump on your shark and swim over, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Come with my mermaid. <laughs> 
Bob, I love when you come on. I know you're going to stay in the back, and you and your your friends are going to be building rocket ships in the background. I look forward I to that. I can't even get the guy to build a squirrel launcher, man. Right? He's like, I can't tell you what I do for the government, but I can't build squirrel launchers. Well, now I don't know what you do. Yeah. <laughs> So we have a really cool guest coming on, uh, Terry Thompson. He is a motivational speaker. He is an author, entrepreneur, mentor, certified training developer, and leadership expert with over 25 years of knowledge and experience. His goal is to provide you with tips, tools, techniques, and resources that will guide you to, on the right path to achieving your life goals. So, Bob, I, I say that to say don't go anywhere. Okay. I wish you'd had him around here the other day. I had about as much motivation as a sack of rocks, man. And today I'm pretty fired up, and I don't need you guys. <laughs> I did my best to get you all going. I did. I, I did. I'm sorry. You like, I'll do it myself. Right? Oh, Bob Seymour, ladies and gentlemen. Bob, we'll have you back at the God end. Bless, man. Have a great day. I'll see you later. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, after, this inform after our information video, we will have Mr. Terry Thompson on with us. Hi, my name is Brandon. And over the past year, the Delay Cafe team and I traveled across the U.S., researching this rapidly growing industry of CBD products. What we have found throughout the industry were products that were inconsistent in dosage and used ingredients that weren't even lab tested. Products with chalky textures, bitter aftertaste, and worst of all, confusion among the CBD consumers. That's why we created Delight Cafe. A 15 milligram lab tested, all natural, water soluble hemp CBD powder pack. It's odorless, colorless, and tasteless. Add it to your favorite drink of choice wherever, whenever, on the go. Quickly find your calm, your balance, your delight. And we're back. Oh, Elsa's oh, got the main street. Hold on. Keep the hand up. <laughs> Terry Thompson! <laughs> Everybody give him a hello. Give him a cheer. Give him a uh, give him some love. Terry, we are honored to have you here today with us. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity, Brandon Ilsa. It's it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Ah, uh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. So tell us about you and everything you do. Give us a little intro and why you are the coolest human on a Friday. <laughs> sure. So my name is Terry Thompson. I am an author, a motivational speaker, entrepreneur, mentor, certified training developer, and I am a leadership expert with over 25 years of knowledge and experience. And what I do is, is I lead other people to personal and professional success. And my goal, once again, is to provide you with those tips, tools, techniques, resources that will guide you on that path to your version of success. So I also have a background in the military as well, too. So talking to Bob, that was absolutely amazing. I, I was in the military for 24 years before retiring three years ago. Um, thank, so thank you for your service. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. So I've also deployed to some of those areas as well, too. And I'm definitely heartbroken about some of the things that's currently going on. But, you know, we have a job to do. We did our job. And, you know, unfortunately, things are continuing to happen in that in that region and in that area. 
But, uh, you know, I, I work with a lot of different people. And right now, my biggest thing, if you see on my shirt here, is Unbreakable. So I'm sharing Unbreakable stories because you have a story to share that could motivate, inspire, encourage, and more importantly, empower other people through your story. Because you know what? If it's possible for you, it's possible for somebody else. And the only way to do that is to share your story. My name is Terry. I Wow. I think he gave a better intro than I did. I love it. I, I love when people do that. So Unbreakable. How do you get that unbreakable story out of people? Like I want Elsa's story and I want it to be, I want her to unbreak, be unbreakable. How can, how would you teach us that? How do you get that out of her? You have to be willing to dive deep into the weeds. And here's what I mean by that. Deep down inside of all of us, we have something that has happened to us, whether it's adversity, whether it's struggle, whether it's hardship, whether it's something. And you have to be able to relive that. You have to go back into those emotions that you experienced back then and bring those to the top, not necessarily from a negative standpoint, but from a standpoint of knowledge and experience. Because here's the deal. We all have knowledge. We all have skills. But what separates us is those experiences. And when you've experienced the things that you've experienced within your life and you share that with other people, you can connect that dots or build that bridge between what they've experienced, what you've experienced. And you know what? If I can go through that, I can overcome that. So can you. And here's how I did that. What what made you want to be a motivational speaker? Is it something that you've always wanted to do? No. So it's something that I didn't always want to do. I, I really, I really developed that because once again, speaking is a skill. You have to develop that skill. And here's how you develop that. You develop that through getting involved, being involved. So when I was in the military, one of the biggest things that we had within the military was be, know, and do. And that's a, that's a part of leadership. So when you be the example, when you know the example, when you do the example, once again, you're able to share that with others and inspire them to take action. And that's a part of leadership. That's a part of mentorship. So I, as I was diving deep into my own story, as I was diving deep into the things that, that I've done over the years, I'm like, you know what? I have a message to share. I have something that I can give to other people so that a way you can learn, you can grow, you can take action, you can get your level of results or what I call feedback, and then you can continue that process. So as I developed my speaking ability, because it wasn't always there, I had to develop that. And as I developed that, and as I talked to more people, as I started getting more engaged, I was like, you know what, this is this is encouraging. And it's also encouraging for me as well, too. So as I give to others, I'm also able to receive. And I love that. So who do you look for for motivation? You're a motivational speaker. Being able to motivate yourself is one thing. But you fill, you have to get refilled and refill that cup of Terry. Who do you look to and how do you fill Terry's cup? See, I love it. I was... I was I was secretly looking behind you going, I know that one. I know that one. I was going through them. So like, so which one's your favorite? Like you have somebody that you look up to. I, you got to. Right there. Bill, Bill Sturr, Bill. Byron Carmichael. 
boom, built to serve. Wow. Now, now, before people get misunderstood, because I, I that's an easy thing. There's people that say, oh, well, you have to give to get and all that. If you're giving of yourself, that doesn't mean you're just giving your money, your time and all that. You've got to give it freely. Can you explain why built to serve actually giving like that is so essential? Because it really is different than just, oh, here's $100 or here's this. Because your $100, it's like the, the Bob in the Bible, the woman that came to the church and gave her last few cents to the people that gave uh, uh, thousands being able to give freely. So talk to me about that and why serving is so essential. So one of one of the people that's in Evan Carmichael's group, so I'm a part of Evan Carmichael's group. I'm a part of his inner circle. He's one of my mentors. I'm actually really good friends with Evan Carmichael as well too. And within his community, one of the members that I would like to highlight is, is a lady named Angela. And she reminds humans to be human. And the thing is, is that humans all desire that connection with other humans. Like you and I, for example, we are humans. We're connecting. We're talking. We're serving one another by having those genuine conversations. And when you do that, you really kind of serve other humans. Look at the last year and a half, for example. Last year and a half, pandemic happens. We're all at home. We're all on lockdown. We're all experiencing different things. So when I hear Angela talk about reminding humans to be human, that's a part of serving for me as well, too, because we are reminding one another that, you know what, we're human and serving others in a different capacity. You know, once again, it goes back to what I was talking about, about being that example, knowing that example, doing that example. That's how we serve others is connecting, sharing, talking, having genuine conversations, being human. Because there are so many other things in this world that we can be. And when we're human, once again, that serves us all better than all the garbage that happens out there. Now, with that being said, I, I like how you use the word garbage because you brought up past emotions. And mm -hmm. being unbreakable means we have to bring up past emotions. I think of therapy when I hear that. Because uh, when I first started going to therapy, God, I was a kid. I, I had to have a child psychiatrist. Woohoo, that was fun. Learned how to play Uno better than anybody. But it's one of these things where those past emotions that get brought up, just because we're stirring them in the ocean of ourselves and we're bringing them up to the surface, how do you remove those emotions, those past emotions, so they don't just keep settling inside you so that way you can get stronger? So I'm tied to the action. A lot of people are tied to the results, okay? But me, I'm tied to the action. And here's how I get to the action. I get to that action because I'm able to live through those things that happened to me in the past. Remember, everything that happened to us in the past happened for us. Not necessarily to us, but for us. And a lot of people, whenever they hit that roadblock, whenever they hit that adversity, whenever they hit that something within their life, they stop absolutely dead in their tracks and they're unable to take action. So for me, whenever something does tend to happen and believe me, life will happen. The idea is to not get tied to the thing that happened, but get tied to the action that you can take because you need to own that. You need to take ownership in what you can control, what you can take, what you can take action on, because there will literally be a lot of things out there within the world that will happen. 
Okay. And if you allow that to control that mindset, it will destroy you. So the thing is, is I always tell everybody, everything you say, everything you do starts right there within your mind. And everything beyond that is an extension of what began right there. You have to strengthen that. What what do the, what will the world look like if you if your vision that you have is realized and what is that vision that you have for the world? I think that we here's what I believe. So if everybody is able to begin with themselves, begin with themselves, and here's the reason why I say that because there's so much that's happening out there within the world that people are so worried about what other people are saying, what other people are doing. They're worried about all these other things, this negativity that's happening out there in the world. And don't get me wrong, I respect a lot of that because I strongly believe that you have to get past the negativity in order to get to the positivity. But I think that a lot of people are really paying attention to all the things that's happening instead of worrying about what they can control. So for me, that perfect utopia society, so to speak, is really people loving themselves more, taking action for themselves, taking ownership in what they can say, what they can do versus judging what everything else is happening. Because I was hearing your conversation earlier and, I, and here's a great quote for you. And it's an absolutely great quote that everybody can take. People, and you can really interchange this any way that you want. And I've twisted this probably 50 different ways. People will judge you from a place of weakness because they do not understand your strength. Now, you have to be able to allow your strength to shine through. And the only way to do that is to know yourself, understand yourself, know what you're about instead of worrying about what everything else is about. What are, if it doesn't affect you, don't worry about it. Control what you can control. Control your mind, your strength, your actions. And I believe that in that perfect society, if people started doing that more, that will motivate, inspire, encourage, and empower others to follow in that same example. Mm, very well said. Have you always had a strong mindset? Because that's something that a lot of people don't, they think they do. Uh, they mix up confidence and cockiness. Uh, have you always had a strong mindset at, or was that a military thing that got drilled into you? I had to develop that once again. So, so just, just to kind of tie into what you're saying, you say confidence and cockiness. Okay. My confidence comes from my competence. Now, yes. some, some people can confuse that with cockiness, but once again, it goes back into that, what I just said a minute ago, people will judge you from a place of weakness because they do not understand your strength. Here's the reason mm. why that's important. If you're not at the level of mindset or thinking or knowledge or experience or skills that I'm at, I could say something, do something that will absolutely confuse you because you're not there yet. Mm. And you'll mm. agree with it or you'll disagree with it. Once again, that's still your choice. So where I get my confidence at is from my competence and my competence comes from the actions that I have taken throughout my life, throughout my career. A lot of that is from my life. A lot of that is from my career. A lot of that is also from observing others and having those leaders, those mentors, those people that I can look up to as examples and be like, okay, here's something, whatever that something may be. It's not my idea to judge that. But to take from that, put within my toolkit so that I can continue to increase my mind, develop my actions, take action, get results, modify, tweak, or change, and then repeat that process. 
And it's a repetitive process. It's going to keep going. And that's where I get my competence. That's where I get my confidence. And that's where I'm able to speak up so that I can speak out. Being, being a motivational speaker, when you speak to somebody, especially in the negative times that we're going through now, how do you motivate yourself to motivate people? Because you need to, to, to is it exude that, that, that confidence to, to give people confidence? So how do, you, how do you get yourself to that point so you can motivate people? So I tune out a lot of things. I really do. I tune out a lot of stuff. Remember, what you focus on gets results, whether that's positive, whether that's negative. You will get results with what you focus on. And I choose to focus on very specific things. So I said earlier, you must focus on the negative or you must respect it or give it attention so that you can get to the positive. Let me flip that just a little bit. I focus on a lot of things that are positive so that I don't dive into a space of negativity. Because if I allow that negativity to take over, let those voices in my head, those things that are tugging at me that are negative, that wants my attention, that wants my time, that wants my energy. If I give that focus, then that will be my result. But if I tune that out, if I turn that off, if I shut that up, then I'm able to focus on what it is that is important to me and take action on that. Sometimes you just have to stand up inside yourself and say, shut up. I love that you say that because you have, that was literally what I wrote. How do you tune out the distractions? And it's Mm -hmm. because how often do we throw ourselves into something? And the next thing we know, it becomes a distraction because we thought we were doing something good and it ended up being, we end up being pulled in different directions. Tuning that out is something I have been learning because I've been a people pleaser most of my life, just being honest with you. And Mm. I literally have wanted to always be there and make everybody else feel better. But tuning it out and knowing my voice has been one of my hardest things. Mm. How did Terry do that? There's a lot of noise that's happening out there in the world. And like trying to get your focus from that iPhone or device within your hand to the newspapers, to the news to whatever it is that's happening out there within the world, it's all noise. Here's how you do that. You minimize the noise so that you can maximize the clarity. Mm. Mm. When you shut that off, because remember, it's a choice. I choose to turn that TV on or turn it off. I choose to pick that iPhone up and read what it is that I read. I choose to look at that newspaper, that magazine. It's a choice. Here's the thing. People are a result of the positive or the negative choices that they have made. You are a result of the choices you made yesterday. You are a result of the choices you are making right now. And it continues. Who and what are your inspirations? What are the things that inspire you? I love it. Absolutely amazing question. So my first mentor, the first person that I really looked up to was John Maxwell. All right. I really loved John Maxwell. I think I've, oh my God, I've, I lost track, track of how many books he's actually written. But when I first picked up a book from John Maxwell, I was like, I love it. And I think I've read about 30 to 35 of his books. And my favorite John Maxwell quote is, if you want to change your way of life, you must first change your way of thinking because by changing your way of thinking, you can and will change your way of life. So John Maxwell was my first 
mentor, my first leader, and I've had a lot of great leaders throughout the years. I've had a lot of great mentors throughout the years. Uh, my current mentor right now is Evan Carmichael. So I work directly with Evan Carmichael, part of his inner circle, part of his groups. And I get to talk to him at least at least a couple of times, sometimes three times a week. And we jump on some Zoom calls. You know, we hang out, uh, you know, we text each other and this, that and the other. So Evan Carmichael right now is my current mentor. Uh, David Meltzer, I'm also a part of uh, his inner circle. So I, I get to chat with him sometimes on Clubhouse as well, too. And just being a part of those circles right there allows me to see things from a different level, from a different perspective. Because if you want to achieve success, you must get a mentor. Like Evan Carmichael says, if you want to soar, get a mentor. And when you get a mentor, somebody that's at that next level that you want to be, they will guide you in that process. They will feed you. But once again, they, they do not take the action for you. They guide you. And then it's still up to you to take that action, make that choice, make the decision, take action, get your results, get that feedback. And then once again, that mentor is to guide you. So right now, my current mentor, Evan Carmichael, love the guy. So, Terry, you've written a few books. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at your website and all of them are stuff I want to read. And I'm bringing it in right now for everybody to check it out. How, okay. how have you written so many books? Like on, honestly, you look like a young guy I, and you have a free book here, how to have a great day, 10 simple things, every, uh, taking action, 10 simple things for every day, right off the bat. I want that book. Like I saw claim your free book. Now I loved it. Uh, leadership solved. It's mm -hmm. the 10 rules of leadership. And then like you have others, like I, I literally scanned, you have six books you've written. How have you had time to write so many things to make such an influence on people? So my first book I actually wrote, uh, well, I first published my first book, uh, Leadership Solved, back in 2013. Uh, that was when I first published that one. So here's kind of a true story of that book. That book actually started off as a blog post. So I put together a whole bunch of blog posts and I was like, man, this kind of reads like a book. I'm like, let me turn this into a book. So as I kind of dived into those particular blog posts, I started piecing it all together. And being in the military, I love acronyms. I, I absolutely love acronyms. So what I did was, is I took the word leadership and I turned that into an acronym. And I was like, you know, I'm going to write about each and every one of these words from a different perspective. Like I said, John Maxwell is my, my first mentor. And he has this thing called Minute with Maxwell. What he does is, is he talks about a word each and every single day. So I was like, you know what? Let me kind of connect those dots together. I can write about words. I can write about concepts. I can write about ideas. So that's exactly what I did. I took those blog posts, figured out how I could kind of tie that together, came up with the acronym leadership and wrote about each one of those ideas, which is learn, embrace, accept, disseminate, evaluate, receive, show, hone, implement, and praise. And then I just wrote the book. You said that so quickly, I didn't get to write them. So guys, do yourself a favor, go to the website. It's in the links that were provided. And then you will see Terry's book right here. Scroll down just a little bit. Uh, this one I'm going to be looking at, listening to, watching, reading, however it comes for Claim Your Free Book today. This is going to be my first one I, I do. I, it's how to have a great 
today. I, I, I'm excited for that one. Uh, Leadership Solved, grab your copy right here. So Terry, did you always want to be a writer? I always wanted to be a person of influence and impact. Ooh, well said. And writing became a part of that because I'll give you a great quote by Seth Godin. So Seth Godin has a great quote called, different people do different things differently. Let me twist that a little bit. Different people consume different things differently. Yes. So what I did was, is I took a lot of my knowledge, my skills, my experience, and I put that within multiple platforms, book. What originally started off as blog posts went into a book, went into audio books. Now I put stuff on my YouTube channel. Now I'm creating a podcast. Now I'm doing all these different things and I'm tying all of this stuff together, keeping in mind that different people consume different things differently. So being a writer, that's a part of being that different, providing that content in a way that people that enjoy that style or that type of content, they can gain value from that. They can receive value from that. So I take some of that content. I put it into my YouTube videos. So if you watch some of my YouTube videos, you will see content from my books on my YouTube channel. If you connect with me over on Instagram, once again, there's content from my books on my Instagram. So I tie it all together to be able to create different ways people can connect with me, consume from me in a different way. I'm always taking notes. So every single day as I'm listening, as I'm learning, I'm taking notes and figuring out, okay, how can I inspire someone? How can I influence someone? How can I impact someone with what it is that I've just learned. And that's a part of that built to serve. When you serve others, okay, once again, you will encourage and inspire them to take action. So I consider myself someone that's kind of a collector of stories, a collector of information, writing that down, putting it in my books, my podcast, my videos, and allowing people to consume accordingly. I like that. I see that book behind you. The Bluff Planner is also your book. What's it about? Please tell me more. I'm, I'm yeah, no worries. So, so that's my bottom line upfront planning method. So uh, on my website there, you'll see the book. And then basically it leads to my website, which is bluffplanner.com. And I, here's the thing. I, I love to plan. Years ago, I used to have to-do lists. So kind of a backstory on that one. I used to have these massive to-do lists of like 50 things, 100 things, three, four, five pages of stuff that I was like, you know, I have to get all this stuff done. So I started twisting that around a little bit. And I was like, well, gosh, I look at all this gigantic list of things that I have to get done. And I was like, I don't know what I must get done. Here's all these things that I have to get done, but what do I need to get done versus what, I, what must I get done? So I took a look at that, bought a whole bunch of different planners, connected with a bunch of people and, and filtered it all down because I like to filter things. I like to basically get down to that bottom line. And that's why I created the bottom line up front planner. What's the most important thing I must get done today? What is my bottom line up front? Because if you allow yourself to have these long to-do lists, you will never prioritize anything. You will never get it down to the bottom line. The most important thing you must get done. So that's what I did. I created the bottom line up front planner has one thing. This is what I must get done today. That's my bottom line up front. 
there's a little section on the right that ties it together into action items, not a to-do list, it's action items. Here's the list of action items that will support the bottom line up front that will help you get that done. Then I have some key questions in there to ask myself throughout the day, you know, that'll motivate, inspire. Who do I need to connect with? What am I grateful for? So there's some questions that I answer every day. So it's kind of like a journal as well, too. And then I've got another section where it's got some notes and then another section where it's a reflection. So I'm able to reflect at the end of the day, one process that I developed, well, it's a part of the military, but I developed my, my version of that process as well too, which is called the after action review process. Because when you go throughout your day, you must review what it is that you've done that day and get ready <laughs> and get ready for the next day. So there's a review section that's in there and that's what went right or what was supposed to happen. What did happen? What went right? What went wrong? What do I need to modify, tweak or change so that I can continue to improve myself and get better? So it, once again, that's in a nutshell what the bottom line up front planner is. Have you heard of the 25 and five uh, thing with, with Warren Buffett? Mm, I believe, but off the top of my head, I don't recall exactly what it is, but I think I might know what you're talking about. You're totally okay. I literally clicked a button to open it so I could make sure I had it correctly. And somehow my entire screen went away and I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> uh, the 25 and five method is like what you were just talking about. You have your list of things. Cause I look at my list and mm. it's pages long and it just keeps getting longer. And I'm like, Ugh. Well, 25 and 5 is you write down the 25 things you know you need to get done in a, in a period of time. And mm -hmm. then you pick the top five of them. And those wow. are the five that you need to focus on for knowing that's where you start with your success and all that. I've been trying to do that. Would you think that is a good way of starting things? Because I, I follow a bunch of different people that are motivational speakers, leaders, mm -hmm. and how they want to build. Like you said, find your mentor. I have mentors, but they're digital like this. Mm -hmm. How do I, with my ADHD that I have, it's hard for me to even apparently click the right buttons on my show. But <laughs> how do we, when I'm making my lists, what helped you determine the most important things to the things that were probably not something you needed to get done, but were on your mind to get done? Mm-hmm. So, so there's a couple of different ways to look at that. And, and we all know that there are certain things that have a time limit on there. So some things are time sensitive. So I look at things that may have a time, you know, a time sensitivity to it. And those are things that I, that I focus on if it does have a time sensitivity to it. The other thing is, is what's going to provide the biggest influence and impact. Like I said, influence and impact is the most important aspect of leadership. So before you can lead others, you must first lead yourself. And the way that you lead yourself is getting down to that bottom line up front, that most important thing that you must get done that day. And how do you determine that? What's going to have the biggest influence and impact? So what's going to get you the biggest results that day? What's going to get you that thing that's going to influence either yourself or influence others? Because here, here's the thing. I, I want to reach a lot of people. And sometimes every day I can get tied up into the minutia of tasks and things that, you know, need to get done or should get done. It, it kind of goes back into the into the concept of shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know, it's like, well, I could have done that. I should have done that. Well, I would have done that. You know, and once again, all those are excuses. So I filter out all the crap and figure out what's that one thing that's going to get me the most results that day. And here's the thing. 
what gets me the most results in one day might not necessarily be what would get somebody else the most results done that day. But I have to feel I have to filter that. That's for me to figure out. What what's the most difficult part of what you do? I'm sorry, say that again, please. What is the most difficult part of what you do, of being a motivational speaker? What's the most difficult part that you do not look forward to, but that comes along with being of a motivational speaker? Is being able to have patience. Being able to have patience because I know what level that I'm at. I know what I can do, how I can do that. But as I'm in, as I'm teaching others, as I'm motivating others, as I'm inspiring others, I need to have patience and understanding that we are all at different levels. And I need, and I need to embrace that. So if I'm having a hard time or if I'm struggling to get someone to understand something or take an action on doing something, I'm not going to do it for you. Okay. You have to take that action. You have to do that. So the hardest part is being able to find different ways to get somebody to do something or to motivate them, inspire them, encourage them. And there's many ways in which to do that. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to use a quote by Evan Carmichael. Your purpose is, it comes from your pain. And when I shape that and I'm trying to inspire someone to do something, I try to dig into the most painful reason on why they must get this done. Because there's a reason why you must get this done. It's not because I, me, Terry Thompson, is telling you to do this. I'm telling you to do something for a reason. But you need to tie it to your reason, your why, not necessarily my reason or my why. And I need to get you to that point. But I have to be able to, once again, I have to dig into the weeds. I have to dig into the dirt to figure out what that is. And sometimes it's that dirt. It's those things deep down that will motivate and inspire you to want to take action versus having to take action. Because if you have to take action, a lot of times you're going to have that negative attitude. Well, I don't want to do this. You'll shut down. But if you must get this done, I have to get this done. You got you got to reshape that. And that's my job as as that motivational guy is to reshape that for you. So, Terry, with that being said, I, I like that you said patience because <laughs> I'm I, but they've even even in the comments, they're like, oh, Brandon squirrels kicked in here and there. Like, I love it. Like they I got my ADHD kicks in. But it's very true. Patience is a very hard thing, a very difficult thing. And I know for me, there's times I picture things being easier and faster. How have you worked on developing your patience through all of this? By doing harder things. Oh, can you elaborate on that, please? Right. Harder could mean many things to many people. Like for me, that could be doing an extra workout to spending an hour making sure I'm connecting on social media that I absolutely hate. That is the worst thing of my companies. I hate doing the social media. And that's just because I get distracted easily there and people talk. So doing the harder things, what does that mean for Terry? And how do you break that in somebody like me? So I dig up that dirt. Everything that we do becomes a muscle. You have to develop that muscle. You have to build that muscle and it all starts right there within your mindset. You build that muscle right there, everything else will get strong with that. A lot of people talk about training to your training to your weaknesses. I kind of disagree with that. I believe in training to your strengths and it will bring your weaknesses along with it. 
So you must train yourself. You must build that muscle by doing those hard things. And when you do those hard things or those difficult things or those things that you're like, oh, gosh, I don't want to do this today. Well, that's the thing you must do, because if it means something to you, if you have that doubt, then you must do those things. And a lot of people look for excuses or reasons on why they cannot do something instead of just making it happen. I'm telling you, it's a lot easier to, to say something is done than it is to say that I have to or it's to do. And I like to get those things done. So it's building that muscle, building that discipline in order to do those types of things. And the only way to do that is to do those hard things, do the difficult things, get yourself past it, because you know what? You reach a new level. And then as you reach higher levels, new levels, things get easier. Once again, it's not because things get easier. It's because you get better. And when you get better, those things you once struggled with does get easier because you've built that muscle. We've got you on the show now and we've all had such a weird, difficult two weeks. The viewers, me, Brandon, everybody, what what motivation can you give us for the next couple of last days um, of August and going into a new month, new cycles of September with everything going on in the world? What advice and motivation do you have for us? When your life is unbalanced, find a different way to stand. Think about it. Th think about it. Think about an earthquake. Think about when the ground underneath you is shaking and you're, and you're unbalanced. What are you going to do? You're going to find a new way to stand. You're going to brace yourself. And then you're going to take action. Mm-hmm. So when your life is unbalanced, find a different way to stand. Now, how do you do that? You're doing exactly what you are doing. You're creating, you're contributing, you're collaborating. I think a lot of people get so evolved around the idea of consumption that they forget to create, contribute, or collaborate. So when your life is unbalanced, mm. find a different way to stand. I love that you said that. Uh, I 100% agree. I think that I've never heard it said like that. And when you say that like that, I, I, I see you're at a standing desk. I like to do my work from a standing desk. It, right? You see me? <laughs> I love it. So Mandy Atterbury asked a question I want to just jump back to really quick. She learns by observing. Do you teach that way? Yeah, so so we do learn by observing. And, and there's there's a there's a teaching model that's out there. So I'm a certified training developer. So that kind of dives into that right there. So I'm a certified training developer. And one of the things that we use is the experiential learning model. All right. So the experiential learning model is how we teach. It's how we develop our lesson plans. Now to kind of break down the, I mean, I'm not going to go into extreme detail of what the experiential learning model is, but in a nutshell, it's, that starts off with concrete experience. What is your concrete experience? What is the experience that you have that you can share? Now that could be my experience. That could be your experience. And what that does is, is that generates a discussion. When you generate that discussion, you're able to discover what everybody's experience is, what their knowledge is. And then from there, you can reflect on that and you can consider your experiences based off of the experience that everybody has shared. From there, it's the instructor's idea, the teacher's idea, the leader, the mentor's idea 
to generalize new information. You generalize new, new information by bridging the gap of what was talked about, what was discussed, all that knowledge, the experience that everybody has shared. And then you bridge that gap with what was not mentioned, what was not talked about. Because as that leader, as that mentor, as that one guiding everything, you have more knowledge and experience than everybody else, or at least you should. And then you bridge that gap with what was not talked about. So I believe me, I've been in a lot of classes where it's like Charlie Brown's teacher watching slide after slide. And it's like, oh, my goodness, this is just too much. And then I've also been a part of those things where it's like you're getting fed by a water, by a fire hydrant. It's just so much information that you don't even know what to do with it. So I think when you're able to break things down into those experiences, share that, bridge the gap. And then what you do from that point is, is you apply, you say, okay, here's an exam, here's a test, here's something for you to go do, apply what you just learned, get your results, get that feedback, modify, tweak, or change, continue taking action, repeat that process. And then from there, you reflect, you have that after action review on everything that you did. Here's what I did. Here's what I was supposed to do. Here's what I did do. Here's the results. Here's what happened positive. Here's what happened negative. Modify, tweak, change, continue the process. So that's in a nutshell, the experiential learning model. And that's how, that's how, you know, I develop my courses and my training. What, what are your plans for the next year and a half? What do you have coming up? What projects are you busy with? Uh, right now, I'm currently working on Unbreakable Stories. So that that's my current project. And what we're doing is, is we're already networking with a lot of big time entrepreneurs. So we've already got some commitments. Uh, right now, Evan Carmichael has already shared his story. We got some commitments from David Meltzer. We got some other commitments from some, you know, some big name entrepreneurs that's going to share their stories. And that's the current project, but I strongly believe that's going to take me into the next year because we have a podcast that we just started, website we just got up. We've already had some people share their stories. I'm on Clubhouse doing stuff right now with it. Uh, matter of fact, uh, tomorrow I, I, on Clubhouse, I have a guest tomorrow on Clubhouse, and it's going to be Sean Swarner, if you're familiar with that name. So Sean Swarner climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. He... he all with one lung. So he's actually considered one of the most top 10 most influential people in the world. And I will be interviewing him tomorrow on Clubhouse at 10 o'clock in the Unbreakable Stories Club. So if you're on Clubhouse, you're a part of Clubhouse, make sure that you join the Unbreakable Stories Club. Right now we've been, so Evan Carmichael has been streaming for the last week in that club. So once again, I, I've partnered with Evan Carmichael. He's streaming in the club. And tomorrow we get to have an absolutely amazing conversation with Mr. Sean Swarner. He just got back from climbing again. So he's going to share his story. And he has a very secret thing to where you could potentially climb with him in the future coming up. We'll see what happens with that. So we're going to have a great conversation with Sean Swarner tomorrow. I, I, I've already followed you on Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. I just did that. And then you said Unbreakable is the name of the other. Unbreakable is. Stories. Stories, just so I make sure I get it right. Uh, and that's tomorrow, you said, correct? Tomorrow at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, we will be interviewing Sean Swarner. Well, we're going to have a conversation about breakthroughs. So we're going to talk about breakthroughs and how to overcome different things and how to break through stuff. And Sean Swarner, once again, he's a master at 
breakthroughs, that yeah. mindset, that mental toughness and resilience. You know, once again, he's climbed, you know, Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean, you have to be mentally and physically tough in order to do that. Oh, and yes. Very inspirational, man. So I'm looking forward to that conversation tomorrow. Uh, so I am not a clubhouse conscious connoisseur. Uh, I think I have like two followers because I really don't know what I'm doing. There. And truth be told, I, I, I don't know much about it. And so I'm learning. But yeah. to tune in tomorrow, I'm excited. Why the Breakthrough Queen is here. I love that she just throws that in there. It's, she's true. Uh, but with that being said, Terry, like, why Clubhouse and what have you seen that's helped you break, become unbreakable through using different platforms like that? So it goes back to what I said earlier about different people consume different things differently. So Clubhouse being an audio only platform, you, you know, it gives a platform for people to have a voice. And when you're on that stage, you're able to join conversations with some absolutely amazing people, people that you normally would not get to have a conversation with. But you know what? They're on Clubhouse and you can have a conversation with them. I mean, I'm talking about some really gigantic big names. I, I was in a conversation. I'll give you an example. I was in a conversation with Anthony Trucks a while back, a former NFL football player. And now he's motivational speaker, entrepreneur, Brendan Bruchard, Lisa and Tom Bilyeu. I mean, I could go on down, down the list of people that I've had, you know, been a part of the stage of and been able to talk to Evan Carmichael. I've been able to talk to him multiple times on there. Uh, Sean Swarner. I mean, I could go Rob Actis, for example. Rob Actis is another great person that I've been able to engage with. So Rob Actis, he was he works with Hal Elrod with the book, The Miracle Morning. Rob Actis was the voice of that audio book. So being friends with Rob Actis, you know, once again, that relationship started on Clubhouse and I've been able to take that off Clubhouse and do different things. So once again, it's a platform and you can engage directly with people on that platform and have great conversations. Elsa, I got one and then you get two. When you're looking for a mentor, because Clubhouse, you can find these on there. You can find people like you're saying you connect with. How do you determine it? Because like anybody can be like, oh, I want Elon Musk to be my mentor. I want Tony Robbins to be my mentor. And you could get that digitally. How do you determine your mentor and how do you know you're following the right mentor? So there's so when it comes down to picking the right mentor, it's a matter of who you connect with, because who you connect with and who you resonate will be who you want to become. And that could be anybody. All right. But but I have a certain set of criteria. One, you know, book is definitely the first thing I look at. Do you have a book? Do you have a big following? Do you have you know, there's a lot of different criteria that I look at. And do you resonate with me? Can I connect with who you are, who your story is, you know, the content within your book? And, and I'm, even though I've read a lot of books, I, I don't really connect with everybody. But there are a few people, primarily a lot of the people that's on my bookshelf here. I connect directly with them. So when I am looking for someone, not only as a mentor, but as a target of opportunity, so to speak, because I want to be on their show. I want them to be on my show. I want, you know, I want to be a part of their ecosystem. You are literally one person away from that next person that you want to be a part of or that you want to engage with. So here's how I got to some of these big name people. I engaged with one person who happened to be a friend of the next person. And as I'm weaving my way through that, I was able to get to certain people like Evan Carmichael, 
David Melter, Anthony Trucks. I mean, I could go on down the line of lists of names of people that I have had access to that I've had conversations with. And it's all been one person away, maneuvering, weaving my way through there, having great conversations leading to greater conversations. Here's the deal. If you want to be great, you surround yourself with greater people. <laughs> Fine. I'll take it. How do I become your best friend, Terry? Like, so that way I can start like for real, I'm asking a very unique question. I have a lot of things that are awards. I own a CBD company. You saw that came in. I've won three international healthcare awards for being different and being very small. And that's been my niche has been my thing. And that's why we do a morning show is we, we want to bring positivity. I've been, I just joined clubhouse and I I've been fighting it because of the fact that a, I don't have an iPhone. So I didn't know I could get on there, <laughs> but like, with that being said, I have other mentors. Like, I love how you're, you name these people. And I'm like, I love that guy. I love this guy. I do a lot of reading. I'm trying to connect with more people and I'm kind of an extroverted introvert, as weird as that sounds. I can get on here and make you laugh. I can have a great time. I can get everybody to feel good. But the minute we're off air, I need at least an hour by myself to reset. And I say that to say, finding a mentor has always been easy to connect with people. And then I do the work after. How do you make sure you keep that relationship and keep building that blocks to build your Terry? Because I know I do that with me, but there's times I don't keep my mentorships as close as I should. And it's just life. And I hate to say it like that. Mm -hmm. So here's how I approach that. So, so there's two ways to look at that. One people that I'm trying to be like, and people that I want to be like me. And I always tell everybody, I was like, look, I'm going to give 100%. If you just give 50% and continue to take action, you will achieve those results. And over time, you will step up one more step at a time, one step at a time. Here's the deal. A lot of people see something that they want to achieve and they see it from an overall gigantic perspective and then they get overwhelmed, don't achieve that thing. And then they give up and quit before they even achieve that big, gigantic thing. Break things down into baby steps, into one step at a time, one thing at a time, one action at a time. Achieve those results. Like I said, I keep repeating myself, modify, tweak or change and then continue taking action. Achieve that result. Continue taking action. And eventually, over time, you will be like that person that you're trying to be like. You know what I'm saying? We're in this instant. We're, we're kind of in this Insta you know, society nowadays to where if I don't have a million followers and $10 billion and all these sponsors, you know, I'm going to quit tomorrow. No, that took time. That took effort. That took energy. That took a lot of different things. I just didn't wake up one day and I am who I am. I am where I'm at. I am, you know, and I do the things that I do. That took time. And a lot of people, they get, that's the reason why I said earlier, patience is important too. Not only for others, but for myself, I have to practice that every single day. So when I hit those roadblocks, when I hit that frustration, when I hit that thing, and I don't always get the results that I want to achieve, I don't get discouraged. I get encouraged. And so many people get discouraged and quit before they even get to that next level, before they even know what the possibilities are, what the opportunities are and what that obligation is, because you have an obligation to yourself and to others to be the best you can be so that you can be the best, not only for yourself, but for others. So 
you know, once again, it all kind of ties together. Has, has, has COVID um, um, affected you in a positive way or in a negative way? Because I know COVID, with everything that happened, it affects people differently. How did it affect you? Positively. I'm so glad to hear that. Positively. No, and I mean that. So, so the thing is, is that even even my even my day job, it's all online. It's all it's all digital. So I could I whether I was at you know my job or whether I'm at the house, I can do my job from anywhere. Whether I'm remote, I can do my job anywhere. And that's exactly what we did when we got told on. I think it was like a Friday. Hey, we're all going home. Great. By Monday, we was back teaching again, but it was all online. It was through software. We started off with Zoom. We went to WebEx. We went to Microsoft Teams. So we've shifted software a few different times to still teach, you know, uh, within the environment that we're in. We just use different tools. So here's the thing. It's like Tony Robbins said, a great quote by Tony Robbins. There is never a lack of resources, only a lack of resourcefulness. And when you're able to be resourceful, no matter what your situation is, no matter what your circumstances are, you will achieve success if you look for it. Once again, you have to look for those types of things. So when I got told, OK, you're going home. Great. I, let me build up the office here. Let me figure out how I'm going to set up my workstation. Let me get online. Let me test all the new software. OK, I'm good. Thumbs up, boss. We're good to go. I'm operational at home now. And then in just continuing to do the job. Now, being at home gives me a little bit more freedom to do other things as well, too. So I've been able to start writing, you know, writing some more books, been able to create some more audio, some more video, build websites, build business opportunities. So in the last year and a half, gosh, I think I've created 10 new businesses because of that opportunity. You know, instead of being at the office all day long, I'm at the house to where I can still work, but I can balance that out with other opportunities. So I've partnered with some other people as well, too. I'll give you a great example. If you look there within the chat, you'll see Posh Notions. She's my partner with Unbreakable, Unbreakable Stories. She is actually the creator of this T-shirt. She is the designer of this T-shirt. She designed this T-shirt right here. So when I partnered with her, I'll give you a great example of, of that. So she won season one of Two Minute Drill with David Meltzer. So she was on David Meltzer's Two Minute Drill, and she was season's, season one's winner. So I discovered her through Evan Carmichael. Evan Carmichael, I was talking with him one night, and he was like, hey, you two should get together. You two should link up. And I was like, maybe we should. So I reached out to her. We, we scheduled an Instagram live stream. I had her on my show. We interviewed each other. And through that interview, it was building that relationship. And had we not met, had we not been introduced, had we not been able to have that conversation, we would not have been able to build Unbreakable Stories. And that website is unbreakablestories.com. You know, it's, you buy it. It's simple. You buy the T-shirt. You, you receive your T-shirt. You're able to share your story. And we will share that worldwide. Because once again, like I said in the beginning of the show, you have a story to share. You share your story and you can motivate, encourage, empower others through your story. So I've been able to partner with her to build unbreakable stories. So once again, it, it's resourcefulness. Yeah. Taking yeah. action. Taking action. It's, it, I, I, Terry, you are a wealth of knowledge. I've already secretly downloaded the one book behind the stage. I was waiting for it to say it was done. 
you are I, I love what you're doing now something we do here different on delight cafe mm -hmm. is we actually turn around and we end each show with a positive affirmation to a quote to something that just gives people for the weekend and we do this every day so i'll go first so you see how it's done okay then ilsa will go and then bob will go because we bring him in to finish gotta get bob back in here and then you will end our show for us today and then if you want to hang out backstage for a few minutes we talk for a few minutes and just catch up and connect but you'll see how easy this is and this is just giving positive for throughout the day so guys it has been a phenomenal 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 week we have had motivational speakers we've had authors we've had people who came in that just want to be able to bless you remember as terry has said the best way to be is to know yourself it's to be building it's to be knowing you it's to be truly letting go of the opinions of others and finding who you are deep down inside because you are the only one that can change your world so do yourself a favor take the weekend let go of the world and look into you because it's your choice of who's going to be number one. Hi, I'm so happy that I can spend my afternoons with you guys. You make my day. Um, I want to, I want to go from where Brandon um, stopped now and just give you three affirmations that I saw that I think we should all use for the weekend. You can use it for longer as well. Going out of August into a new month. It's a new month with new adventures and so many things that's going to happen and everything. And the, I'm sorry, I'm going to read you the, the, the affirmations quickly. It says, I am proud of myself for getting this far. <coughs> I choose calm over worry and faith over fear. And then the last one is I am enough. So in the last couple of days of August, um i think we should uh check ourselves see where we're at see how far we've come <coughs> how many obstacles we have overcome and, and and how many things we survived thinking that we weren't gonna survive them and then just sprinkling <coughs> your life from people and things that no longer serve you and start the first of september fresh have a wonderful weekend Well, hey, I just want to leave everybody with uh, some encouragement, man. Everything we're going through uh, in our lives, it's all a battle for our mind. You know, who's going to be in control of it? Keep your perspective where it needs to be. And remember that you're here for a, a purpose. You're loved, you're appreciated, and you have a purpose. And that purpose is to make a difference where you are. So. <laughs> wherever you are man uh be aware of your surrounding who's next to you look at their body language be be bold enough to uh smile at somebody make eye contact with somebody we gotta we gotta turn the world around and it, it starts with you and me so go out there and make a difference in somebody's life today uh and tomorrow and ne next day just go out there and love people that's all we really have to do i think the only question god's gonna ask is when we stand before him when it's all over He's just going to look at us and say, did you learn how to love? So go out there and love somebody today. Have a great weekend. I love you guys, and uh, I'll see you next week. 
All right, Brandon, Ilsa, Bob, it has been an absolute pleasure to share this stage with you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Here's the deal. If you want to achieve success within life, you absolutely must adhere to the five rights. And the five rights are be at the right place at the right time with the right information, the right resources, the right attitude, and more importantly, the right action. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at yourself right now within the mirror, and I want you to affirm these three affirmations. I can, I will, I must, and take action to be the change that you want to see in the world. Be the change. Boom. Tom, thank you. Or Terry Thompson, thank you so much for coming out. You literally... I, you inspired us, so you gave us a fire through the weekend. I thank you for that. Please don't take off. I'd love to talk to you for a few minutes backstage. Got, uh, I got, I saw the question. Unbreakable Stories YouTube channel is right there. Click the link. Go give them a subscribe. It makes it easy. We want to make sure, and that way we're keeping up with people whose stories are unbreakable. Or yeah, unbreakable stories. Help us change the world, like Bob, Terry, Ilsa. We're all doing, we do it together, but we start with ourselves. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Please remember, like, subscribe, share. I always have to say that because I forget it. But thank you guys very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thanks, guys. God bless. God bless.